0: to for the love of humanity podcast season 2 this is my episode on the feminine flow this is the partner episode for the balanced masculine and this episode comes because currently i've i'm recording another set of guide sessions on the feminine aspect. And so I recorded initially the Balanced Masculine because I just started the guide sessions on Balanced Masculine. I was really excited about it. And I knew there would likely be, I think I mentioned it last episode, that there would likely be a secondary episode. Potentially this could be part of a trilogy, which I'm a little more firm on now. These things sort of trickle in. And as I walk the path, I get a little more information, intuition, um, like a little, like a drip feed from my, <laughs> from my creative self. Uh, likely so I don't get overwhelmed because I do have a, a fairly robust creative flow. And I think that if it came in all at once, it has in moments, like it's come in like bursts and it feels a little bit overwhelming, like which one to implement. There's too many, ide- too many ideas, too many things I want to talk about. So. I'm lucky that this one has been trickling in in the way it has been. And I just finished recording all the guide sessions for the Balanced Masculine. And I thought, okay, likely it'll be three or so. It ended up being six. I love each one of them. I love them and what came through. And it's so incredible because when I do something like this, my whole world starts to reflect back to me what what I am bringing forth. And so it ends up being like a table of plenty. I have, you know, an abundance to to overflow. And so um, as I finished the, the masculine, the feminine started to trickle in. And I was, because it is a symbiotic relationship, right? That's something I discussed the whole time in the Balanced Masculine course. And um, if you're looking for it uh, and can't see it anywhere, please DM me, but otherwise it will be available for purchase, um, all six sessions. And so as I was creating this, Um, continually reminding us of the symbiotic relationship or being reminded, not just me reminding as, you know, guiding, but also being guided this whole time. Such a, it's such a metaphor. It's such a holographic multi-dimensional relationship because as I'm teaching it, I'm being shown it. And as I'm being shown it, I'm being shown it through, you know, my own intuition and my own partnership and my own Um, relationship internally. And then also my relationship to my creative aspect or my higher self or however you want to characterize it. So that was trickling in as I was, you know, partway through and completing it. As I continued to talk about the symbiotic relationship, I kept being shown the feminine as well because they are connected. There's not really like the deeper we go into it, we sort of get to see how they are interwoven and how they are actually one. And it's kind of funny to think that we ever saw them as separate once we start going down that path. It's really interesting. And then it's like, oh, so the veil sort of have us seeing them as separate and and yet they're really not. And what fun to see them as separate because, and I used to vilify this, like how dare people, you know, <laughs> think that colors are gender and how dare people, you know, make people feel bad for experiencing, you know, traits of whatever the other gender has ascribed to it and that's so ridiculous and then you know coming deeper into relationship with both of them I'm like how how sophisticated this multi-layered approach and game to life that we get to see deeper revelation like this is what keeps us desiring this is what keeps our attention it's what keeps us you know it's the like burlesque of life where it reveals one item at a time you know it, it if you're committed to watching and focusing in on it it will show you the grandest dance you've ever seen and what unveils is like you at the end and like it's i get it it's cliche we've heard these things it's not necessarily just cliche we've heard like the greatest mystics of our time or the greatest like thinkers and poets and roomy and like we we hear that we are all part of this design and we hear that the grand revealing is ourself to ourself and we hear and it's so romantic when it starts to happen it's so beautiful and we can thank you know both aspects but the divine feminine you know for the the tease out almost but not because it needs the divine masculine exploration and and going searching and shedding a light and being being roused out of his slumber to go explore and see the edges of the divine feminine that creates the full embodied experience, the full bodied experience, right? So this feminine flow is the partner course, part of a trilogy, trilogy likely to the balanced masculine. And so this feminine flow, as I've said, a lot of times is symbiotic, this is like an undulating experience. If you go to my Instagram, I tried to create a graphic to show this, right? Like a triangle with the self at the top, the masculine to the left, the feminine to the right, and then the infinity of like the undulating interplay of energy back and forth, back and forth, the handoff of this experience, right? And so um, if you go to my Instagram, you'll see that graphic What I'm talking about. It's fairly rudimentary, but I try to give, um, give the... Impression that's coming into my mind to help explain this in a way that hopefully presents it with some imagery. So, because I find that when we start to deepen in this understanding, symbolism and symbology, and like this is probably why we're moving to a GIF meme culture because a picture tells a thousand words, a symbol tells, you know, a thousand centuries. So, like, it's just a thousand centuries whatever, centuries on centuries of information. And, um, so, so if you want to go look that up, uh, check out the symbol on my Instagram and, uh, yeah. So as I said, um, the feminine flow, the, the masculine balance is sort of like, I see balance as like an active it's active and passive, right? So the masculine, you know, requires a certain amount of balance to be to allow space for the feminine to be revealed, to be seen, to a degree. And as I say in these sessions, um, they're constantly interchanging. So just when we think one characteristic or quality is ascribed to one, we actually now see it revealed deeper in the other. So it's never static or stagnant in that the they're always these qualities where the masculine only has these qualities and the feminine does not have these qualities. It's actually, it's like they're handing off these qualities in an ever deeper nuanced aspect. So the feminine has masculine qualities within it. And the more you look at the feminine, you see the masculine qualities, but you see how the masculine qualities have their own feminine slant to those masculine qualities that in themselves then deeper have a feminine, you know, it's the picture in the picture in the picture. It's the, it's the guy wearing the t-shirt And on the t-shirt, it's a picture of himself, which is the overall picture. And then in that picture is him with the t-shirt and the picture of the picture on the t-shirt. And like, it's literally that, like life sort of becomes that experience of unfolding depth of really this holographic, this archetypal sameness all the way down the line. And so what I want to say about the feminine is that she is the desired which perks and piques the interest to the masculine desire. So she is what is desired because she is desire itself. She is the embodiment of desire, which the masculine, you know, starts to desire and goes looking for and desires her and doesn't know that this is what he's desiring. He's desiring to see the essential, you know, point of creation to see the essential um, aspect of who he is, and and so she is the wholeness, and so he would be in that wholeness, and it's like she is revealed as always being there. And once we stop and clear the space, or we stop at the clearing in the forest, it dawns on us: it, it the the ephemeral quality of this, the epiphany dawns on us that she has always been there. She is always there. She is it. She is the allness. And that is revealed to us through the seeking, the masculine seeking and exploring and hero's journey and, you know, going into the enchanted forest. And then we start to realize that as a whole human being, a harmonized human being, we are the explorer and we are the explored. We are the enchanted forest and the one who walks through the enchanted forest seeking the experience of the forest. And so she is the aspect that represents the fullness. She is the found, in quotations. I've got air quotes. She's found. She is the and always. She's the chicken producing the egg that came from the chicken. Like she is the fullness. That's what the that's what the feminine represents. And that's like the womb, the depths. She is known to herself, yet doesn't think in linear terms, like a man is not is not the consciousness that we refer to man as, the light of um, understanding, the light of reason, the light of linear perspective, the conscious awareness. She is the moon, he is the sun. Like these are all metaphor, right? But they're also interchanging. They're also, um, once you think you've grasped them, they slip through your hands and they aren't that graspable. And so she herself is, she creates, she's not you know, necessarily completely conscious, and yet she is, and the masculine searches for her through his spark of desire. Right? He he tries to understand, explain, shed light on. He he shows her her radiance by being separate for a moment, by leaving her and being separate and going on this journey. He separates himself off enough to be a reflection, and. In reflecting, like, structure, he reflects this perspective, this mirror, this image, or her own magnificence back to her. And in this, she sees from his eyes. She sees her aspects in focus, in, in, in corners, and she sees her glory through his perspective. So again... We're not talking about two separate beings here. We're talking in metaphor. A human fully sees itself through the searching, through the perspective of the self, through the masculine self, it sees its beingness. And so we have both. So we can see and experience the fullness of who we are, right? The dissection, the implication of time and space is to hold back all that is, so that we can see sense and experience the qualities otherwise unknown the qualities that we wouldn't be able to see because the sheer vastness of all there is would flood in and the experience would take over and we wouldn't we wouldn't get a glimpse we wouldn't get a chance to see it like imagine like the way the the way the depths of the allness is explained as black because it's everything. It's allness. It's all colors. It's all colors mixed into one, but we need a certain visible spectrum to perceive it. We need to be able to hold at base some of it. It's like if you wanted to see one section on the floor of, of um, the ocean, let's say, you'd have to hold back the value. You'd have to dam up a section just to be able to see the bottom almost. And so it's like that for a moment, the masculine sections and cordons off and dissects and just holds up one little aspect so that we can see a part, a quality of the whole entire thing. So as I said, the feminine is not self-conscious in the sense that, you know, she creates. She creates and she's not self-conscious or concerned about what she's creating and whether it's valuable or not whether it's good enough or not this isn't a quality of the feminine so it's really interesting that in contemporary times so many women feel inadequate they they don't get to touch that essential nature of the feminine quality of being in its own righteousness and being and and how it knows it be it bees is its reproduction its creativity it's it's um it's creativity that's bestowed on something that bees so wholeheartedly that it has no other option than just to create and produce. And it's it's here, it's overflowing so much that it sends droplets. It's it's so much fullness that it creates more from its fullness. It exponentiates. And so I don't when I explain these in in conceptual ways, I don't want to get it twisted. There's no um there's nothing that i'm saying that's if somebody is unable to reproduce physically and have children that does not take away from the feminine quality because as i'm saying the masculine equally holds the feminine quality and the the masculine does not reproduce children in the same sense that the feminine does so it's not to say that on one level that's one experience if you if you come to this earth in a female body and reproduce and have children wonderful you get to sh- you get to shed light on that particular experience of the feminine and that doesn't take away from the fact that every single human being has an experience of the feminine can experience the feminine principle in in a particular way to them and so it's it's beautiful to find it in our own unique way that's what we realize we become we realize that we're like a kaleidoscope or we're the were the lens that filters through our unique experience of the masculine and feminine undulating together. And that creates a different combination. Or sometimes I like to characterize it like it creates a different hex color. Like everybody has their own hex code color. And that's a combination of all the different colors that they came here to embody this time around. And so our uniqueness is the combination of our own forces And we see this in nature, like nature is not self-conscious. Perfection exists, and anomaly reveals the perfection in the entire process of being. Anomaly uh, reveals the perfection in adaptation, or the perfection in the intelligence of communication through pattern and pattern interruption. It is in the presentation of creation and anomaly, where we get to witness the truth of reality. So when we see, um, when we see the, when we see the experience of something that doesn't quite fit what we thought was the pattern, we see a pattern interruption. We see something different in the pattern. We start to realize that that wasn't necessarily an imperfection. It was there giving us information, the quality, the context. Um, and if we use our masculine lens to sort of put the ex- pattern, to to witness the pattern and recognize the pattern, we can recognize the anomaly, we can recognize the pattern interruption, and we can recognize the the perfection of the communication system that exists in nature to let us know when the pattern has been interrupted. So even when we think something is not behaving true to pattern, it presents an even broader perspective of the perfection of the whole intelligence in the system and the communication of it. And so it wouldn't be present if it weren't so. It wouldn't be present if it weren't present. So the fact that we see it, the fact that we um, notice it, the fact that our perception gets to take it in, again, just points back to the perfection of the system. And so for the moment, it is in a deviation from perfect form is that information, that communication, that it's actually communicating maybe evolution. It's actually communicating adaptation. It's actually communicating to us where a balance is required, necessary, or would be helpful to a situation. It's information for the masculine to perceive. Look, there's a structure here. And then there's a, a mal—I I don't even want to say a maladaptation, but there's a, a deviation from the structure. What does that mean? What can we do about this? And is this something that we can include in the overall beauty? Because we see this as brilliant communication effort? Or do we see this as requiring some balance and a call to action on the masculine? We get to, we get to explore that. We get to look at the edges of, of what that relationship, that symbiotic relationship looks like in performity, in the human experience. So this, this, this evolution, this adaptation, this, this perfection communication, this elegant communication system, this is beautiful. This is beauty. And it reminds us of the benevolence of this intelligence, the creative design. Beauty is the feminine. Observing beauty is the gift of observation, the capability of beholding, right? The the capability of even being, being able to do the action of beholding, even though that is a being, beholding is the masculine, right? Feminine is being, masculine is holding so beholding is the experience of of witnessing the beauty beholding the beauty and so this active perception of beauty of being and we do this within one being This is, this isn't, you don't need to find an external masculine to do this. It's fun when we do that. It's fun, you know, when we find an external person who's willing to mirror to us our masculine and feminine traits or plug in, in the aspects and okay, I'll play one aspect, you play another aspect. It's fun. It's, it's part of why we came here to experience life with other humans. It's part of why we came to the sandbox. It's part of why we came to play the game. But know that it is always available within us. We always, if, if we're able to look and focus and let the revelatory quality um, come forward, we come to realize these aspects are always within us anyway. We are already whole. We came to the game whole. And the fun part is, is that, you know, we forgot sometimes. And when we can remember the wholeness and play the game, nothing really feels like it can be fully taken away from us because we are already whole. And so we have all this. And when we pay attention and make space for the revelation of this, we get to experience deeper satisfaction, I would say. So the feminine can remind us of the perfection of what is in the present moment, what already exists, that wholeness. As I just said, we have this within us. And the feminine creates, and it shows us it's already there. It's already whole. It's not. It's not self-conscious. It's not concerned with the feeble depiction of it because its grandness is in its beingness. But it enjoys a awareness of it. It can enjoy um, being beheld. It can enjoy um, being admired. It can enjoy being um, desired. So when we forget this, we are simply off on a journey. We are simply off on a journey and on our way back to remembering this. We are we are going on a vision quest or a hero's journey of uh, remembering and finding our way back to this knowing. So to embody our feminine, we get to tap into what we see modeled in nature, organically unfolding, right? and And what we see around us is flow and abundance. And like you know, right now, I think when we look in our cities, I think develop planning and development, um, made it so that the majority of, you know, trees that we see are masculine or male trees. So they're not necessarily fruit bearing, but we can imagine what would happen if there was an equal amount of feminine trees, like fruit bearing trees, just in our city streets. Can we imagine what would happen, you know, as they developed, as they bore fruit and as it dropped? I mean, sure, there'd be, you know, a bit of cleanup, but there would be an abundance of fruit coming from these trees. And it's, well, who would manage this? Well, who would deal with the cleanup? What if, you know, apple trees were lining the streets and they were overflowing onto the streets and cars were constantly running over apples? And whatever, that's a tangent. But but generally nature organically unfolding is in flow, is in abundance. It's in divine timing. It happens with seasons. There's nobody needing to manage that process and actually interference has created an imbalance when we look at it. And so, in nature, there's an abundance of space in the feminine. It's the vast womb. It's the the place of nothing where something is created for the first time. We think of a baby being created, and n- feminine nature is is magnetic. It magnetizes to it what it needs the resources think about even just pollination and how incredible that is in a natural experience my husband's a beekeeper and when I get to reflect on that process and just first of all the queen in the hive and then also you know the flowers being pollinated and and giving off an essence and attracting the bees to them the pollinator insects to them. It's really a relationship that doesn't take efforting other than following desire. Nature follows its own desire to create and reproduce. And there is overflow and plenty unless there's interference. And so nature is like nourishing. It's presence. It's always present. It's in the present. It's beautiful. It's both being and becoming and it's nourishing it's holding right these are all feminine qualities when we think of the principle and the archetype it's the it's the vast space that's able to hold it all it's the the place that everything is perfect and nothing is left out and nothing is wrong and everything can be consumed and broken down into the soil and everything becomes food again to feed and nourish the next generation. And it can also be like the grandness of it all, of all of it. The feminine is associated with the black aspect, right? And and the black is everything. It's all consuming. As I said earlier, it's all the colors. It's everything all at once. This is why the feminine is so, it's so interesting how it got so inverted and it can get so inverted in the sense that The feminine is vast and grand and you think about, you know, mother nature and storms and floods and earthquakes and volcanoes and tsunamis and hurricanes and all of the big grand displays that nature can do to level anything man-made, to level anything structurally that was created that really isn't a part of nature. And even things that were a part of nature mountains and you know eventually water and wind can erode these natural elements that are structured and we think about water and how powerful water is i mean we get our electricity from water hydroelectricity we have you know multiple uses for water and, and it's powerful windmills like water mill like um what am i thinking They're like a windmill, but it's water. I'm going to feel, it'll come to me later after I'm done. But in this feminine aspect is also the void. The deep, deep, deep allness that that is so full that we can't really discern one thing from the other, so it becomes the darkest experience. We think about you know, a woman scorned and a woman who feels underappreciated and a woman who has given, 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 and now has an empty cup. You know, we can think of a drought, a woman not giving, not being open, you know, all of these aspects are, they're wonderful metaphors to look at and to show us and communicate with us the state of affairs internally. And, um, and it's just incredible and and we have it all we're not it's not just the women who experience this the people who identify as women it's it's every human has these aspects and can tap into these aspects. Now we might be um, programmed into feeling and perspectivizing and understanding and, and living out certain aspects of these but we all have the full spectrum. We all have the experience of the allness. Of the perfection of the illness. And so it's what aspects does our, you know, masculine part, does our mind, does our programming, does our presentation of self in the external decide to showcase? Or or what is it programmed to showcase? And so those are the wonderful aspects of Understanding the dynamic between masculine and feminine, the symbiosis, and understanding the feminine flow. There's so many more aspects of the feminine flow um, that I want to talk about, but uh, in an effort to keep these a little more concise, and in an effort to, in a burlesque type way, draw draw you out and into other areas in your own exploration, your own sitting with this understanding and letting it reveal itself to you. Make some space set some intention, create some space for it to reveal itself to you, and it will start to show up. And if you want to learn more about this, I have a feminine flow guide sessions coming out. And so far, now that I've gotten going with them, it looks like there's already four. There's probably, I can't leave things uneven. There's probably going to be six because there was six in balanced masculine. So um, keep your eyes peeled. So if you're interested in learning a little more, um, watch out for my Feminine Flow guide sessions coming out. And I thank you for being here and listening and having an open mind to this information. Um, this is just what I've gleaned from my personal experience, studies layered with my intuition, with my own, you know, journey through my edges and forests and mountains and caves, and I'm just so happy and delighted to share. And uh, I really wanna emphasize, I share when the energy is most potent. I said this in my guide sessions for Balanced Masculine. I really like to come on when the energy is there, because when I speak about this, I hope you feel it. It's not just me saying words, it's me conveying a full package. like it's energy, it's words, it's thoughts, it's emotion, it's the tone of my voice. It comes through and I'm and that's my intention. My desire is for you to fully feel the package that I am sending through through this audio. And uh, so sometimes you'll hear things in the background. Sometimes it's my dog. Sometimes she goes right to sleep listening to me talk. And other times she gets up and down and sometimes there are people in my space. But if I waited for complete silence, sometimes the energy is not right then. So I really want to hop on and capture when the energy is right. So thank you for indulging this or enjoying this and not getting too distracted by what goes on in my space and, uh, the more I can show up in the authenticity and the realness of where I live and where I'm at, the more I can show up and produce. And, uh, it's a gift really when I think about that. When I think about that because my Capricorn son with my little conjunction really, really, um, tries to peg me in with that perfectionism and it's very enjoyable to, (laughs) to my Sagittarius moon to break the rules that my Capricorn sun thing seems to think is so important. And so to show up in my real raw and authenticity is really a gift. So thank you, um, in my feminine flow. Uh, so again, find me on Instagram, listen to my other episodes if you're interested. And if you really like the sounds of this and you want to hear more about the feminine flow, look out for my guide sessions uh, dropping soon. And the potential trilogy, I dropped a little hint. There's a little Easter egg in the episode of what it might be called. But anyway, much love. Thank you very much.